Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Today we got Joel Strotzel and Tobias Forge as our guests here on Talking Metal. But before we speak with those guys, I want to just give everyone a big shout out who is supporting us on Patreon. Steven Saylor. Thank you, Stephen. Steve Hoker, Mike Jones. Great hanging with you, Mike, at the Iron Maiden show. So much fun. Really, we really had a good time before the show, didn't we? Dan Gurwan, Patrick Schwartzman. Patrick, thank you for turning me on to Visigoth. I really enjoyed uh, interviewing those guys in the last episode. Emma Clayton, Metal Dan. Jerry from Long Island. Jerry, as always, a great hang with you at the Maiden Show in Brooklyn, and thank you for all the gifts. I actually just filled my Iron Maiden uh, Eddie ice cube maker up, so I'll <laughs> take a picture of the ice cubes in in a beer and send them to you at some point soon. All right. Uh, Michael Street, thank you. Brad Dahl, thank you. Brad, do I, do I say your doll? Dahl? Do I always... It's such a simple name, and I mess it up. I'm sorry, Brad. Joe, one one uh, one name. Joe. He doesn't uh, he doesn't give his last name, which is cool. Joe, thank you for your support. Fred Rutz, Sam, Soupy, Drake, Matt Carroll, Javaninsky, Jason, Seth, Jean, Francois Blas, Ron Keel, James Bennett, Sean Morgan, Mister David Gray, Kenny. McCrimmon, and I know Kenny, you have uh, a request that you sent my way. I believe I'm going to get that on for you soon. Leo, uh, that's Leo from Alaska, actually. Leo, uh, I don't, I, I'll just call you Leo from Alaska because I'm not going to, I don't want to butcher your last name. Uh, Richard Langridge, Miles Atwood, Anthony Mackey, Jonathan Turner, Jean Boivari. 
and Ralph Petrie. Thanks, guys. You guys rock, man. Thanks for keeping this show going. It's you guys who are making it happen. And other guys like Martin McCurry, who just sent in a PayPal donation. I appreciate that, Martin. I will get to your request soon, too. So here we go. Uh, Heavy Montreal coverage will be taking over the next uh, few episodes of Talking Metal. And let's get things started with a little uh, ghost and a little kill switch engage on this episode. All right, here we go. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radio Land. Emily here. We are here at Heavy yes. Montreal. Unbelievable. I'm having so much fun. I love this place. We literally hit the ground running, <laughs> running through the airport. 
on the speed ramps. Oh yeah. Right. What do you guys call them? Yeah, I the call, walking sidewalks. I call them I no moving sidewalks. Moving sidewalks. Mark was sidewalks. like, oh, I love these speed ramps. Yeah. <laughs> real, real quick before we before we babble any longer, Tobias Forge is here on today's episode from Ghost, the Cardinal himself. We also have Joel from Kill Switch Engage on this podcast, both recorded here at the first day of Heavy Montreal. And uh, wow, what 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 a time, what a time. So we, we were at Iron Maiden last night in Brooklyn, slept in Brooklyn, got up at the crack of dawn, even before oh, the crack before of dawn. before the crack yeah, of dawn, because our, our neighbors. Our came in, was blasting music at 4, <laughs> 4 a.m. at the hotel we were staying at. And anyways, we're here on very little sleep and just having a blast. And the flight from New York was a, a quick 50-minute flight. Um, and we had one of the, the performers from yes. today's festival on, on the plane with us. This is, it was so wild, though, because I went through customs with him, and I heard him say, I'm, I'm a musician. I'm playing at some festival. Like, it's called Heavy Montreal. Like, he didn't even know where he was or right. what festival he was playing at, but he goes through customs. Nicest guy. And I think he acknowledged you on the plane and was, like, nice. It was a right. small yeah. plane. Yeah, yeah. And I see him go to the, uh, the luggage carousel, and he picks up cymbals. And a drum chair. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw like, that too. Yeah. Oh, so he's the drummer. But no, the drummer came up and I think maybe picked him up or right. whatever. So we land at 11. Yeah. And then we're in the, we, we finally get to the press tent and I look at the big screen TV and he's, he's on, on stage. stage. Yeah. Can you imagine so, if the plane would have been late? <laughs> no. Yeah. Or if the symbols would have been, I mean, and literally living on, living on the edge. his set yeah. was Insanity. I didn't see it because I was back here doing it, interviews. It was one of those stuff, yeah. weird things where we couldn't even hear what was happening, but you could see the energy and you could see the audience. And I was like, I got to go out and watch this set. And they absolutely slaughtered it. I mean, they were so good. He's back here right now. Yeah. We got to see if we, yeah. maybe we can talk to him. Yeah, he's right behind us. Be like, remember us from what, the plane? Yeah. What was the band called? Tell me the band's name. One Fever more. 333. Fever, yeah, Fever yeah. 333. Cool. Cool. There's so many great bands in this moment. We'll be here. Slash. Uh, Evanescence, we're going to catch later today. I've never seen them live. I've never yeah, seen so Evanescence. I'm looking forward to that. Man, if she can sing live the way she sings on, I mean, because I love Amy's voice. Yeah. I think she's got a gorgeous voice. Yeah, absolutely. And for five years, I'd say about five years, I've been desperately trying to get an interview with Ghost. I know. It finally happened today. Uh, a brief Amazing. interview with Tobias Forge. Big thanks to him for joining me and for the people at Heavy Montreal for getting us here and hooking this interview up. This really is a big deal for me. I've been waiting a long time to speak with him, and uh, it finally happened today. So without further ado, here's my interview recorded at Heavy Montreal with Tobias of Ghost, recorded on July 27th, 2019. Hey, it is Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and we are here backstage at Heavy Montreal with Tobias Forge of Ghost. Tobias, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm great. So is this just a one-off for you guys in North America? I know you've been out with Metallica in, in Europe. You're over here just for this one show? Yes. Wow. Yes, wow. this is uh, just because we have an, another a, a, a real tour coming up. Right. And uh, yeah, technically we are on tour with Metallica in Europe, so we just happened to be off at this little point in time so we squeezed in a festival cool uh, i believe this is my 10th time seeing you guys live today and 
My 11th time will be when I take my nephew to your show in Trenton, New Jersey on October 25th, this, mm -hmm. this fall. Now, Trenton is not a major city. It's kind of, a, I guess, secondary market stuck between New York City and Philly. Yeah. And it seems like you make a point to play secondary markets. Albany, we've seen you in. Toledo, Green Bay, West Valley City. You're going to places most bands don't go to. Is that important to you? Oh, always been. Yeah. Always been. I mean, ever since I was... Uh, well, I mean, th this was up until before I was touring, uh, but from when I was a kid up until before I started touring, um, I have always been a fan of uh, you know, bands like Maiden. Right. And uh, I always used to uh, look at t itineraries, like tour itineraries. And Live After Death, that tour itinerary inside the, the record, mm -hmm was always like a blueprint for like, this is where you tour. Right. And they played absolutely everywhere. Yeah. So that has always been my goal to, you know, do a hundred shows in America, always. Right. Because there are so many places to play. And I just love being in America and Canada, like in North America, I just love being here. And it's um, for a rock band, it's such a, comfortable and uh, interesting way of, of touring here and so it's uh the more i've done it the more i feel it was a right choice to continue sort of beating down right. that path yeah and uh you know once you once you've done your uh, a few rounds all of a sudden there is this opportunity where you can also play other places right so for me, when I saw the itinerary for this tour that we're about to do this fall, I was just like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. this is a sign of making it. Right, you right. Know? yeah. <laughs> um, the Papa Emeritus character, uh, you kept your true identity concealed for a number of years. And, and us fans were like, who is this guy? Who's the, who's the magic? Who's the, the person behind the character? And we couldn't figure it out. But eventually it seemed like stuff started coming out about you, Tobias, being Papa. Was that disappointing to you that you were being revealed or was it a relief? How, how do you view that whole thing as you coming out as, as Tobias? Uh, slightly mixed emotions. Now, a few years later, I don't think about it as much. Right. Um, but I, I definitely pondered the concept about how to eventually do, do how to orchestrate that for years before because right. I knew it was always like a, it was just a question of time yeah um, so you expected that it was going to happen of course yeah of course it was going to happen because otherwise my you can't have a goal for your your uh, aesthetic uh, operation to to continue to grow if your intentions with it is to be less known, it, it's like it does not, it doesn't work like that. Right. That, that, that's defying physics. Right. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't work like that. So I knew that for every step that I was taking in order for the band to become bigger, I'm taking a potential step of ruining the anonymity. Right. But I, I also need to be clear at saying that the concept of anonymity as opposed to masked that was something that i gave up very early okay because i always and that that's why i always said in in in, in interviews there's a clear distinction about being anonymous 
and about being masked versus unmasked. Right. Um, and uh, some people picked up on that and some people did not. Right. Cool. Uh, one of the, the most interesting interviews that you did was with a guy I actually know, Dr. Mike Friedman for Psychology Today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, that was a really revealing interview. I learned a lot about you from that. And you said that Satanism is something you discovered through music. I, and I was curious, do, have you studied like the books and written works of people like Anton LaVey and Aleister Crowley? How far have you taken Satanism? Well, they're, uh, they're two different, uh, different beliefs, different beliefs yeah. are, are, are quite different from each other. Um, I've studied some, but I've, I've not more than than most of your sort of occult oriented rock musicians, right. I guess, because for me, it's, um, <laughs> it's like, it's a well, very well known fact that Necronomicon was lit, written by Lovecraft. So it's like, right. you have to take a lot of those writings with a pinch of salt. Right. Uh, it's interesting to, to read many of them and, and it's interesting to, to be inspired by by a lot of the wording, but a lot of it is like most religious. Uh, well, the, none of the, those two, especially not Anton, was not religious, but he was almost a lot, atheist. Like, uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I think that Alistair had a lot more magic, spiritual yeah. thinking. Um, where I, I believe that Leve was definitely a bit more pragmatic. He was practic. Um, but uh, there, I have never really embraced uh, neither of them as, as as being like my your thing, my m- mentor in, in in terms of of thinking more like more artistically and more uh, culturally, I guess. Right. Gotcha. Cool. Well, thank you for your time. We appreciate it, and have a great show at Heavy Montreal. Well, thank you.
Mountain Temple of Ghosts. Go buy the full track on iTunes, stream it on Spotify. Hanging here with Emily Striegel and in the press tent right now where it's a little cooler. We were walking around. I got we got both have like tight jeans. It's, on oh no, it's almost ninety my, degrees and we're both my wearing ass off. <laughs> yeah, literally. We saw some guys wearing one of those Borat um I call them banana hammocks. With the things over their shoulders. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The G-string yeah, things. Yeah, it's literally all they had. The only thing they were wearing, these two guys, the same outfit, just it's a little. It's the Borat thing, but they were yeah, black. They yeah, were black. A little thing and, over their wiener. But then they yeah. were wearing their heavy metal vests with their patches, too. Yeah, yeah, So you true. can see their little butts hanging, their hairy, their hairy butts ass, hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they do it up here. I said in the Listen. States, those people would have been arrested. Oh, they would have been Because yeah, everyone's so there uptight. There are a lot of, like, scantily clad people, chicks. You know, maybe lifting their shirts. Right. Things that would not go over in the States. Yeah. Marijuana is legal here, too. I keep on smelling weed everywhere. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not is exactly sure. I, I thought there was a lot. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. I'm not exactly sure. But, yeah, anyways, let's uh, let's do this. Uh, one of my favorite songs from, like, I don't know when this came out, like 2007 or something, was My Curse by Killswitch Engage. I love this song. Going old school right now. Killswitch Engage, My Curse, followed by my interview with Joel from Killswitch Engage.
Striegel of Talking Metal, and I am here in Montreal, just got here, and I am sitting down for my first interview of the festival with Joel from Killswitch Engage. Joel, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Your new album is out in less than two weeks, Atonement, and we recently played the song I Am Broken 2. Great stuff. Love it. Thank you. Can't wait to hear the rest of the record. The uh, There's some interesting guests on the record. I wanted That's to start, start there. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about... The most interesting to me is that Howard is rejoining you guys for for a song. Can you talk a little bit bit about his involvement? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've always remained good friends with Howard over the years. And uh, just in the past, I'd say two years, maybe, him and Jesse have become really good friends. So wow. we were talking about maybe collaborating on something for a while. Right. And uh, so as Jesse started putting down, you know, vocals, he, he had that song in mind for Howard. And right. It just kind of worked out. That That's yeah. cool that they have a... A relationship. Yeah, that they're, they're, I don't know they're if a lot of bands can say that. So yeah, cool yeah. Members, you know, not ma- not many. And Chuck Billy also involved on the record. What is he doing with yes. you guys? He sings in a song called "The Crownless King." Um, it's a really kind of a thrashy tune. So we were we were all you know listening, you know, trying to pick the track listing for the record. Right. And um, that one was kind of almost done. We're like, wow, this song's pretty cool, but it, it kind of reminds me of Testament. You know, right. Chuck Billy will sing it. <laughs> right. We said it kind of jokingly and. Uh, our management got in touch with him and he agreed to do it and it was pretty awesome because we're all pretty big testament fans absolutely yeah cool awesome cool and i mean time goes by so fast it's now been over 15 years since the end of heartbreak was released what are what are your strongest memories of making that record uh it's you know i kind of like the way i enjoyed the way we wrote that record because we're not really able to do that so much anymore living in different places you know right i was we all stood in the room and kind of hashed out the parts and and jammed it out and spent a lot of time and I feel like some of the newer stuff, you know, we, we have the songs recorded before we know how to play them as right. a band together. Okay. Just because of the, the nature of how we're forced to record these days. And and um, how how does how does that work? Do you guys then you assemble the songs like mm-hmm. passing files back and forth and then at some point you obviously have to come together yeah, for some rehearsal. Pretty, much, pretty yeah. much. Everybody tends to write riffs and parts and you know, songs and I think once we feel like we have enough material, then we all kind of, you know, fly together and start piecing stuff together and pick the ones we like and the ones we don't right. but it's funny sometimes we don't all play the song as a band until after it's wow. <laughs> recorded it's yeah. kind of crazy that is crazy yeah. that is crazy and you know that was 15 years ago it's been 20 years ago since you started the band yeah. I mean, mm. two decades I mean that's it's crazy 20. That's, a, that's a big number it's gone by fast yeah I'll tell you and when you think back, like, how does that make you feel knowing that you've been doing this for 20 Other years? Other than old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, we just started this thing in 99. We were playing little VFW clubs and bars and things, and we never really thought it'd be anything other than like a weekend warrior kind of gig and right so the fact that we've been able to do it all these years and people still seem to care is pretty amazing i think that's more than any of us expected yeah it's awesome the last time i uh was with you we had dinner before your uh show at the long beach arena in california do you remember what we ate the long beach arena (laughs) yeah 2007 2007 we did an interview together and, gotcha. Okay. And it was before that show. Do you remember what I was just? You, I'm not sure if I yeah. even remember, man. Yeah, it's been so we long. had Mexican. We had Mexican. It was Adam, you, and Howard. And uh, I remember out of the three, uh, no offense to the other guys, but you were you were definitely the friendliest until we started talking about Striper, and then Howard got really <laughs> nice, excited. Man. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, cool. And when you're not making music, what what keeps you busy? Uh just hang out with my dogs at home. Dogs? What kind of dogs uh, you got? I got two Boston Terriers. Oh, nice. So, just like to see them and the wife when I get home. And, right. Yeah, I like to bike. 
I like yeah. to drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the usual stuff. Well, I was playing in a band. We would occasionally come up to New England back in the 90s and uh, do some gigs up there. We were kind of like a progressive, grungy thing. But we used to play a lot of shows with a band that seemed to have a, a massive following in New England. And I was wondering if you just remembered this band, Gargantuan Soul. What are they called? Gargantuan Soul. Gargantuan Soul. Yeah, those I, guys? Remember, I remember Jeez, the name. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not... Where, where, where did you grow up? Were you? In I grew Boston? up uh, like Western Mass, probably an hour and a okay, half. Okay, because they were Boston. they were more down in the Connecticut area. Yeah, I definitely remember the name though for sure. Right, cool, cool. And have you you guys have done Heavy Montreal before? Or, or, we have. Yeah. I think this is with Killswitch at least our third time. I think. Right, cool. And what yeah. are some of your favorite things about Montreal and the festival up here? I mean, I mean this, is, this is an awesome city to begin with. I mean, it's just a cool place. I mean, this right. festival's been great. Like the. People, so many people show up to it, man. It's like yeah. some of the festivals in the States aren't as successful for whatever the reason. So yeah. it's, uh, this has always been really great. Um, good vibes. It's well put together. And I always have awesome catering here for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. My wife <laughs> and I say really, the really same good. thing. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel the Canadian, specifically the Quebec crowd, is... Uh, sometimes I feel like it's younger faces up here at, at the show. Do you feel that or, or not really? Maybe sometimes, sometimes. yeah. yeah. It's, uh, even even just doing club shows in Montreal, like the, the crowds are always super energetic and right. you know, full of life. and it's, it's cool, man. It's a fun place for us to play. Right. I cool. think for anybody to play. So Cool. And last question. Could you just uh, fill us in a little bit on your gear? We have a lot of guitar players who listen to yeah, the show. Yeah, for sure. Um, for my main guitar I've been playing lately, it's it's made by Caparison Guitars. It's called the Dellinger JSM, which is like a signature model kind of designed with those guys. Right, so it's cool. kind of like a super strat. Oh, nice. It's pretty cool. Fishman uh, Fluence pickups that we designed with those guys. Oh, nice. Cool. Uh, live, we've been using Kempers. Kempers. Okay. Yeah, so which, you go into the Kemper straight into the PA then? Straight into the PA, wow, yeah. Okay. So we have a lot of our favorite amps from home profiled. You know, we're using yeah. uh, Laney Iomis for a while. Nice. Uh, we get some Framus amps that we really like, the like right. KSR amps. So, so we have a bunch of those kind of profiled that we... I know it's cheating. <laughs> right, right. Well... But, uh, you know, at home for recording and stuff like that, we always use the real the real amps but, right uh, for live it's such a kemper such a great tool you know? yeah cool and so, so how, like you said the laney iomi so there was mm -hmm. is there a preset then in the kemper that is that or or no, you, no, you kind of make that you set up to, your yeah, you set up your yeah. actual rig and you kind of you know mic it up with whatever you want if you want to set up a loop with whatever preamps you want okay cool. um and it, it really just it sends these uh you know alien spacecraft landing Right. noises through it and somehow clones it which is pretty cool and and in the recording of atonement are you using the kemper in the studio or are you using actual amps in the studio we tracked with the kempers just right. to keep things quiet because we yeah. did a lot of the guitars at adam's house in my house right um but i'm pretty sure andy sneak reamped everything right once we gave him the track so i'm not even quite sure what he ended up using cool yeah cool cool and andy is the engineer on the yeah, on mix the engineer cool. yeah. yeah yeah so he squeezed that in while doing priest or what's up yeah yeah between I tours so. I or think, something yeah. i think those guys had to cancel a few dates right so originally oh, yeah, 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 because they were yeah. supposed to go out with ozzy that's yeah, right originally yeah, yeah, yeah. he wasn't able to do it yeah and then he was which we're really glad he did a great job with it excellent so andy's always somebody who we trust and i think adam was originally hoping to mix it but he just had it in his hands for so long it was driving him nuts so. right who else do we trust? Andy. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Joel. Have you a great it, set tonight. We cannot wait to see it. You guys are always uh, just fantastic live. Can, cannot wait uh, to thanks, see you again. I appreciate okay. that, man. Cool. Thank you. Bye.
some new Kill Switch Engage here on Talking Metal. Big thanks to both those guys for joining us. And big thanks to you, Emily, for hanging with me here at Heavy Montreal. Seriously. As always, thanks to all the patrons yeah. of Patreon. We love you guys. And, uh, yeah, let's go watch Quiet Riot. Can't wait. Here we go. Here we go.